This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. Rolling. Mark, you ready? Yep. Okay, let me do the intro. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another session of The Playhouse. Super excited, as you can see, who is in front of your screens. Producer <laughs> extraordinaire, none other than... I'll tell you in a bit who he is. <laughs> but right before that, I just want to say super excited. We've been doing this thing called the Zambia, CTA Zambia um, edition of The Playhouse, right. where we've come to the plus 260. And they're just having some amazing conversations with people who are killing it wow. in the industry. Let me just say this, and I mean this um, honestly. I'm not just trying to toot his horn. This is hands down the best producer in Africa. Wow. Hands down. Wow. wow. Hands down the best <laughs> producer in Africa. And I say wow. that without flinching, knowing the amount of producers who I've had conversations with on wow. this show. Wow. So <laughs> for those of you who do not know him, you're going to thoroughly enjoy this conversation. You're going to learn a lot going to be introduced to a lot of music and you're going to be shocked that oh kumbe that song that i like was produced by this guy mm. yes producer extraordinaire mm. just to give you a little bit of his background some of the artists that he's worked with pompey abel chungu mark two tayo the proof esther chungu the truth travis green limbo blaze rionga shobaraka sampa the great soba to name but a few the list is endless man if i begin naming all the people he's worked with we'll be here for too long he has been a gospel artist. So, no, listen to this. He has won Gospel Artist of the Year in Zambia. He's won songwriter. He's won music producer. So don't get it twisted. He's not just a producer. He's also a musician, including the prestigious Groove Awards. He's been Southern African Artist of the Year. He has done film and TV scores. Some of the movies that, or some of, some of the programs that he's worked in include Zumba, um, Fever. Uh, turn of fortune to name but a few now listen if i keep naming this guy cv will be here forever so let's just keep this off <laughs> ladies and gentlemen boys and girls put your hands together for none other than mug 44 <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> I like it. You should have told me to help. Well. I don't even focus like nobody does. Okay, three, two, one, help. Me myself, I've done that. <laughs> and I've done that. The, the, the clubs. The applause as well. Hey. Mark44, welcome yeah. to the Playhouse, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for uh, the support you've given gospel music. I mean, cleaning the culture, has, uh, cleaning the airwaves has... has, has uh, you know, seeing our music go far because of, of your platform, and, and I, I, I'm really grateful yeah. for, for what you've done and uh, what you keep doing for the kingdom. Yeah. Excited, man! Excited about the conversation. So, if you want to talk directly to the people and blast them, I just okay. Look at this I look in the camera. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But otherwise, me and you are the ones having a conversation. Sure, absolutely, I will. <laughs> They're but a fly on the wall. <laughs> so, okay, let me kick this thing off from the very beginning. And the right. question um, that I've been asking is, when did you fall in love with music? Right. Um, 
I, I, I think I've never known life without music. I've just always like, it's just always been around. Mm. Um, I always just, my, my family is like a singing family. So every time before we prayed, we sang. Mm. Um, my, my mom grew up in a Methodist family. So they would sing all these Methodist hymns. Uh, and you know, like they would harmonize. Huh? My, my mom had like seven other siblings. Yo. And they, they, they would know, they just knew how to sing. Like they harmonized. It's not what they did for a living. I mean, they did, yeah. you know, there were all uh, kinds of jobs. But the singing was just always in the family. Uh, my dad was a, was a was a broadcaster, so uh, I, he he passed on when I was really young. But when mm. I would look at his pictures, he would because because he was a broadcaster, I used to also be a master of ceremony. Mm. So I would see pictures of him holding a mic. And then there's like a band in the background. So mm. in my mind, I just thought, oh, he's a singer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so I just always thought, you know, I've, like music was just part part of us. Yeah. Uh, and then I think when I really now said, this is what I want to do, is when my older brother, uh, my older brother who uh, was doing an, a different style of music, he used to rap. So he would play me songs like crisscross. Uh, from Crisscross and uh, Coolio, and mm. uh, then I was just like, "What? Like, you can not sing and make music? <laughs> like, you can talk on a beat?" Yeah. And that just blew my mind, and it sort of now make it. And every time since then, I always think, "Okay, what else can you do with music? Yeah. What other angle? Oh, okay. So you can talk on a, a beat. rock beat. Yeah. You can talk on a." Afrobeat. Oh, okay, you can... So now it's like you start to see so many ways you can make this puzzle work. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just a one-size-fits-all. So I think that possibility when I was seven years old, thinking of that possibility made me think, wow, I can... Like, this is amazing. Because, like, there's so many sides to it. Yeah. So, yeah, so... Okay, let me throw this a bit back. So when were you born? I was born in 1985. I was born in a town called uh, Muflira. In 85? In 1985, okay. yes. So uh, Muflira is a, is a small copper town. Um, and, and that's where, at the time, my, my dad, um, he didn't have a child uh, in about... So there was my older sister and my older brother. Then they waited for like eight years. Then they had me. Mm. So they were really excited about me. So they took me to... So we lived in Lusaka. But then they decided to uh, take me to the same small town. And uh, that's where uh, I, was, I was born from. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then... And then, uh, and then now... So when you were born, you, did you come back? I came Lusaka? back, yeah. It's just because okay. they had a really good hospital there. Uh-huh. So I think they just wanted to make sure I had everything. Because <laughs> it was... A, it, <laughs> yeah, it's, like it's eight, a, eight years is too long. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and I think my mom was old. So they thought, you know, let's... Make sure we do it. We do it right. So yeah. So that's how. Uh, and you have you have how many older siblings? Uh, I have two. Uh, well, I've got five. Three of them are half uh, brothers, mm. and then uh, uh, then there's my older sister and my, my older brother who uh, who we share the same mom with. Yeah. Okay. So now you come back to Lusaka. Tell me about uh, upbringing into into first school primary. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, so upbringing, 
basically from what I can remember, I remember the period my, my dad passed on. So when I was about five, mm. uh, uh, my upbringing basically from that time is uh, because my, my dad passed on when he was really young. He was 39 years old. Mm. So he was sort of just starting his life out, you know, just trying to like uh, buy property and stuff like that, you know, like, you know, he was, he was, he was, he was building up anyways. Mm. Uh, but even just with what he achieved when he was 39, it was huge. I mean, at the time, he had interviewed the president several Yo. times. Uh, several times. <laughs> they, even because uh, Dr. Kaonda, when he passed on, most of the footage they would show of him and it would be, my dad would also be there <laughs> because like they always talked, they always yeah. did interviews. Uh, and uh, so like uh, he had done that at 39. So he was just, his career was just starting to build mm. uh and then from that moment so when he when he passed on uh he, he left this great name but of course he, he still didn't he didn't really leave uh us in a good place like financially, financially right okay. yeah okay. so it was a thing of where now my mom had to live we had to move into my uh start living with my uncle who's mm. my uh mom's younger brother uh, who's an amazing man as well because he wasn't married yet he was set to be married and then he, he when he got married because he had the responsibility of now taking care of four new kids and, uh, and a mom he didn't even do like a, he didn't do a what's the, the wedding way? he didn't do a, he did a wedding but he didn't do like honeymoon or oh, okay. he didn't live alone for some time like you know immediately you <laughs> you're married you go home and there's Five people waiting there. So, oh, <laughs> so tough, yeah, it, it must have been tough. I mean, it's only stuff you think about now. But, I you know. know. Yeah, so um, yeah, I owe him a big a big deal. So he kept us for another like eight years. So eight years into in his marriage. Sure. He had us. He had his two kids. He just had a massive family. <laughs> massive <laughs> family, yeah. So, yeah, so he's an amazing person. Him and his amazing wife as well, who's my aunt, uh, Auntie Rachel. Uh, so basically, did my uh, primary school under his care uh, up to about up to the time I was like in grade six. Mm. Uh, so from grade six, uh, we I, I uh, my mom, you know, felt the well during during that period just after my dad died, my mom now felt the call to uh, do ministry. So she used to evangelize a lot. Mm. So she would evangelize. Uh, uh, everywhere she went on a bus in the streets she was just she was are you are you saved and, <laughs> that is a time. good question yeah, yes of, yes oh at that time yeah. at that time I mean, no 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 no, no. I, well, <laughs> I don't, yeah, no, no, no of course I'm saved now yeah. but, um, but at that time um, I was saved in the sense that I was led to Christ mm -hmm. uh, but then you know of course um there were things that I would try to understand about, uh, because it's kind of like a thing of where you're growing up in yeah, a Christian home. Yeah. So it's not necessarily your you've own made, you've, 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 you've spiritually changed, but your mind is still looking at the world and saying, okay, but you know, there's this side to the world that I want to explore. You know, mm. I wanna, I wanna be like, you know, Tupac and whatever. You mm. know, and so it's like, uh, so it it was kind of that. Um, so anyway, my mom used to evangelize a lot. So um, 
when uh, when she was um, she was because of that 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 obviously grew the desire to you know preach and and things like that grew more so she felt like you know what I need to go to Bible school mm. so uh, so when I was in grade six my mom then said okay I want to go to South Africa where there's uh, Rayma Rayma Bible College mm. so I said okay so I'll take uh, the two kids so me and uh, my <laughs> young sister <laughs> and we'll go we'll go together to South Africa so we went to South Africa and I where think in South Africa in Joburg okay uh, so we're staying in an area called Randburg um so it's it's a very uh i think this is this was sort of like my first time that like this is when like the world sort of came alive you know it was you know of course you watch the world on tv and then <laughs> yeah but like in south africa is when i saw oh my god like there's so many white people in the world you know what i mean <laughs> like it just i didn't <laughs> it was just like wow i didn't really i don't know it was it it, it was it was a strange feeling and of course even the racism mm. you know it was just i was a kid but i was just like it was really like there was racism mm. you know and i just didn't think it was a real thing mm. because in zambia where oh most of us are black yeah yeah <laughs> if you see a white person you're even like, they're, they're, they're you're like hey what are you doing here? but are you lost yeah are you lost i, I think uh <laughs> You know, so it's yeah, so it's um I mean, of course now the, the so now looking at the the whole uh, like the different landscape and you know, now like at the school I was going to it was called Rand Park. Uh I saw there was like uh I would say about 60 to 70% of the people in the school were white. Mm. So oh, 60 to 70. Yeah, 60 to 70. That's I mean, majority. this is that's the yeah, it is majority. This was like around 19 1998-1999. Okay. So, I mean, South Africa just had its independence for about I don't four know. Years. Yeah, four yeah. or five yeah. years. Yeah. 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 So, it was still I don't know how it is now. I haven't been there in years. Uh but then people so you could really feel like oh snap. So they were the majority yeah. in the school. Yep. So for me so obviously being in a majority you're like okay I need to um be you you know you want to be where the majority is. So, yep, I get it. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like a lot of things that I knew about life were were changed there, you mm. know, because like all I knew was okay, if you're not going to church, you're going to school. You're not going to school, you are maybe hanging out with your family. Uh, you can't do there were things that I just never thought I would ever explore mm. like smoking or drinking or yeah. any of that stuff cussing they are just things I never thought I would be doing because of the the family I surrounded myself and not only my mom but just um uh, my, my mom's older sister my mom's sisters and brothers and uh my uncles and aunts you know because we, we lived because of the way we lived we all sort of lived together and we all believed you the same thing. Yes, yes, very well, sheltered. Yeah, incubated. Yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um so now going to South Africa it's just the three of us and my mom's always at school. So everything now I'm relearning this whole you know like this western culture because South Africa is like very western, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's how I started now, you know, 
uh, obviously the drinking, the smoking, the cussing and all that stuff. Mm. And, uh, you know, just trying to be accepted by the majority. Yep. Right? Not to say white people are like that. But <laughs> it's just... <laughs> It's just, I mean, it, it right. just, it just happened, you know, it just, they just the happened to be white. You around at that time. <laughs> were, yes, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was very, uh, and then, yeah, I, I, it, it sort of made me, I, it's like, that's when I got introduced to the secular world. Like, mm. this is, uh, this is how, this is the world, you know, yep. like, church is not the only place mm. in the world. So it's, and, you know, and I was in it, man. I mean, I was, uh, I was into the whole thing, yeah. Like all the, all the, 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 the weed smoking and all that stuff. Yeah. And how old are you uh, at this time now? This is like I'm like uh, basically around 13 years old. 13 okay, years. Okay, so that's yeah. early. Yeah, yeah, very early, yeah. very early. Mm-hmm. So my brother, my older brother, was already because of listen of the hip hop culture that yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. So he was already into that. So it was just. So when he came to South Africa, it was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are just living my life, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? So like, yeah, so it was, you know, that's how, you know, we're all part of the, of, 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 of the culture and, 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 you know, obviously main, main thing is trying to be accepted by mm-hmm. the culture over there. Musically, what and are you listening to at this time? At, at that, that time, yeah, I mean, I'm now time. listening to, now listening to Eminem. Oh yeah, Marshall Mathers album. Marshall Mathers. And, and Eminem was perfect because he was white, mm. and uh, you know, now I sort of found a middle ground to talk to these white friends of mine. You mm. know, like, oh look, there is a white guy who's doing black people's things, mm. and you know, so it kind of now in in that at that time is when like I really, but initially it was just like ah oh, you're black or white, you know, like. You sort of have to try a bit more for for them to accept, accept you, yeah. you know what i mean um but then with eminem it became perfect because now uh these white people who only listened to like rock and rave mm. now listen to hip-hop uh, and it. now you're able to connect uh-huh. and now you're able to show them oh there's actually a guy called jay-z there's actually there's so it's like Dre, now yes there's now the Dr. Dr. Yeah. so it's almost like they now started accepting that black hip-hop which well, i think eminem like played a huge role in you know black hip-hop being accepted by, yep. by white people yeah so i would be wrong you know if uh, no no, no you're actually right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly he, he popularized it he did yeah. he did he did yeah. so it kind of made it now i started now being accepted because now they are like oh okay what's this rap thing and then i could also rap mm. so now i started rapping and now that's when it was like in school now, people were like, oh, okay, we know this guy. Aha. This guy, you know. He became I mean? one of the cool kids. I became one of the, I've now, okay, he's, he's, he's pretty, he's, he's cool, yeah. Uh, and are you in a group? Yeah. Or are you rapping solo? I was just, I was the only one who could rap. It was just <laughs> weird. You know, I mean, I could see there were, there were guys who could rap. And, you know, I just used to watch them, but I was just like, ah. Yeah, whack, yeah, whack. <laughs> These guys are weak. <laughs> These guys are weak. But then, so then one day, I just decided to rap. And I remember, like, everyone was just like wow this guy is amazing and then uh so just when my rap <laughs> career was starting to pick up my mom was now done with uh school so she said you know what let's go back to zambia and uh uh you know because staying staying in south africa is wasn't sustainable for us because mm. she wasn't there was no jobs yeah so she was kind of using her own money to 
Ah. Uh, and yeah, and, and of course, you know, what also made it worse staying like you know, staying there was uh because she she we went there like we didn't really go there, we weren't rich, you know what I mean? We mm. didn't have we didn't really have the necessary monies to stay there. Yeah. So we were always just living by like hand to mouth. Hand to mouth, exactly. Mm. And you know, so you know, having all these people who are who are who are you know they are they are able to do certain things they are able to send their kids to mini soccer clubs or to the mall to go watch movies to do all that stuff and you can't kind of made me you know re like hate my life you know i mm. kind of felt like ah man like we're so poor we can't even we don't even have a tv mm. we don't even have like when I go to my white friend's house, he's got all this stuff. Mm. He's, they ate out. They, you know, eating out wasn't even like a thing. <laughs> but to us, it was like, hey, you have to budget and think, you know, and, you know, eat that burger with all your heart because you, you <laughs> may not have it again. <laughs> yeah. But for him, it was normal. Every yeah. weekend, ah, the mother doesn't feel like cooking. Okay, let's order out. And, you know, that, that culture wasn't really... Uh, so you know, I obviously admired that, and I would I would spend a lot of time at a friend a friend a friend of mine's house, mm. a good guy, and you know, and that's where. So a lot of the times we would, uh, you know, live. We would I would I would try I would want to be there because I wanna. That's the life I wanted to live, mm. you know. And so now, when my mom said, "Okay, we need to come back to Zambia." Uh, because most of the funds were, were depleted in South Africa. Yep. So she had to pay for our schools, her school. So now we came back here like with no place to stay. No, uh, my uncle also found his own struggles because uh, I think two major things that affected Zambia once upon a time were the mines closing, the mines mm. being privatized, and HIV. Oh. Yeah, these were two major big I think a lot of people lost their parents to either one of these, you know, mm. because obviously when the mines closed, a large number of Zambians had no jobs anymore. And then when HIV came, obviously a lot of parents passed on, mm. right? So, uh, so when we, when we came back, like almost everyone was struggling and mm, no one could, life had changed yeah. yes so no one could say no one was wanted to willingly take on a whole family it's like how do you know what i mean where are you gonna get the resources so we moved from house to house the other day i was thinking about it and i counted i think we lived in like 20 homes what yeah